You're listening to another great podcast in the MyMac Podcasting Network. Welcome to the Essential Apple Podcast, your home for news, views, security stories, technology, and all sorts of other related chit-chat that catches our attention. Hello everybody and welcome to this week's episode. Uh, and for those who uh, care, that uh, that intro is actually called Summer's Here. And uh, it is actually a rather summery day here. In Suffolk, uh, the sun is shining and a light breeze, which means it's not scoldingly hot, which is rather pleasant. Um, I'm joined this week by Nick. Hello, Nick. Oh, hold on a minute. Let me just put my air guitar down. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, Simon. How are you? I'm all right, thank you. And Good. Uh, Jim is here. Hello, Jim. Uh, hello. What plant are you on? Because it's uh, been raining here. It's a wee breeze. It's overcast. And it's not going anywhere higher than about 62 degrees up here for the last mm. month. Oh dear! Well, it's been sunny sunny here this morning. It's uh, it's gone a bit grayer now. So that's the weather forecast for the that's UK. The weather, yeah, there's the weather <laughs> forecast for the UK. If we had Mark, we could find out what the weather is like in the far west of the country as well, and we'd be pretty much covered. But uh, there we are. Um, not a vast amount of news this week, I will admit. A uh, lot of rumours flying around, of course, but. Uh, New betas are out for developers. New uh, third developer betas have hit the, uh, you know, hit the servers. Um, none of us are developers, so none of us can uh, say anything about that. Um, plenty of stories about that all over the web, of course, if that's what you're interested in. Um, what I will say is um, it would appear that the public betas, uh, which we mentioned uh, last week or the show before, um, is that uh, there is a public beta of iOS 14, uh, public beta 1, which I think is the equivalent of developer beta 2, uh, which I am running on my phone, as I said previously. But uh, I have tried to get a public beta for my watch, and uh, I follow all the instructions on beta.apple.com, uh, and you've reached the end, and it says, coming soon. So apparently there's no public beta for that. And my Mac, uh, which is, of course, signed up to the beta program and has been ever since there was a public beta program, uh, has not yet offered me a, a public beta of Big Sur either. So uh, I'm currently on 15.6, which I think is currently the official uh, release. No public betas appear to be available. Um, I'm sure they'll you, crop up in what you, time. What you've got to do is cross the palm with silver. <laughs> Well, yes, you can you can join up and become a developer. Um, to be honest, uh, Steve at Geek Corner, um, Geeks Corner UK, he did offer me uh, if I wanted access to uh, the you know developer beta for the watch, but uh, kind as it was, I thought I'd just stick with uh, waiting for the public beta to arrive and keep things simple. To be honest, um, and. The other thing that came to light was uh, I was wondering how I might go about installing the Big Sur beta when it arrives, uh, and I cannot actually um, make another container 
on my SSD because I have found that uh, I have a 256 meg SSD in my machine and the minimum size of uh, an APFS container is 256 meg apparently a uh, gig not meg blimey showing my age <laughs> showing my age there yeah showing my age no uh, you have to six kilobytes yeah yeah exactly 256k um so i'm not quite sure i might have to go back to the uh, traditional method of installing it on my machine and having a a catalina uh you know external hard drive for when i want to do the show but there we are so uh, no news on that from me because nothing is happening. I'll be honest. Um, How are you finding the public data? Um, on my phone, it is absolutely fine. I think uh, in the time I've had it, my phone restarted itself once unexpectedly. Um, and occasionally Apple News will kind of self-quit. But then Apple News is prone to that and has always been prone to that, to be honest. So... I would not really say that that's um, related to the beta. Um, so surprisingly stable, I'll be honest. Uh, you'd hardly anything, know. Anything not working? Or, uh, everything, that I, everything that I use it for seems to be working fine. Uh, not that I do mm. a great deal on my yeah, phone. Yeah, no apps not working anymore. No, I've had no apps that have refused to work, um, which, again, is quite surprising because normally, certainly on beta one, you'll find something that doesn't work. You know, Slack will decide it doesn't want to play or Twitter or, uh, you know, something like that will decide that it's just going to launch and crash. But I don't use that many apps on my phone most of the time. I'll be honest. I really don't. Um, Messages, Slack, Twitter, the news app, uh, Safari. I've got a few other apps, but to be honest, I very rarely use them. I could probably delete ninety percent of them and never even notice. <laughs> yeah, I think that's true <laughs> for most of us. No. I've got yeah. a lot of things on here. I mean, I guess that's. I mean, you know, I've got my Proton Mail app. I use that. I've got LastPass and the LastPass Authenticator. Um, I've got some security tools. Yeah, these days we seem to get apps for all sorts of things, don't we? And for for one-off reasons. I mean, I was watching. Um, oh, I'm afraid I'm not going to be able to remember his name. He's a YouTuber. He he reviews um, tech, Apple stuff, and other stuff as well. Zolotech. And there was pun Zolotech. No, I don't think so. You could probably guess all the rest Marcus, of the day because there's an Marcus awful lot Brownlee. of them out there. Yeah, <laughs> no, it wasn't Marcus Brandley. Um, anyway, they were they were releasing the one one something. Oh, the, there's a not. new one phone, isn't there? Yeah, yeah, there is. I can't remember what, what it's called now. But anyway, there was an app you could download, and they were they were re- delivering it in virtual reality. So I thought I'd have a play. But literally, that's all that that does. So <laughs> as soon as I'd finished with it, I deleted it off my phone. But that just shows how easy it is to oh yeah to, to build apps on your phone. That you, and if you're not very uh, fastidious about it, you end up with loads all over the place. I mean, for example, if I go in my if I go in my media player folders, I've got Netflix, BBC iPlayer, ITV Hub, all four, Sky Go, uh, Overcast for podcasts, um, the Apple TV remote, which I sometimes uses my apple tv amazon music yeah. prime video uh planet rock spotify bbc sounds i can't even remember what that is now um kindle audible medium youtube twitch and app- apple music uh and apple podcasts 
And to be honest, the chances of me using almost any of those, apart from Overcast and the Apple TV remote, are very small indeed. Because, yeah. you know, realistically, who wants to try and watch a movie on their iPhone from Netflix, you know? <laughs> <laughs> Well, some people do it, but yeah, not not for me either. Well, I did I did once many years ago when I uh, went to uh, help out a friend of mine who was in hospital, and uh, my wife and I were staying in her house, and um, because she was disabled, um, yeah. she had the TV in her bedroom because she was basically bed bound, and right. uh, we were sleeping in obviously in the living room, you know, on an airbed. So mm-hmm. that evening. We sat in her living room um, with no TV. So I did actually watch Apocalypse Now on my iPhone. (laughs) Not the most uh, stunning experience, I must admit, but it was better than just staring at the wall. So uh, Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know, that is is about how likely I am to use, use such an app. But yeah, we do. We hoard them up, and I'm I'm quite uh, you know I'm quite judicious about apps. But I've got a lot of apps on here you could just dispose of. To be honest, uh, that, that, that's what makes me um, wonder why we need such large amounts of storage on our devices these days. I mean, I've just I've just um, gone mad and bought a new iPad as well. It's on it on its way, uh, so it's an, a replacement for my twelve point nine inch that I've got now. It's another twelve point nine inch, but more recent one. Um, and um, the fact is, um, I've got this is a 128 gig one, and I've I've gone for the same because I've still got uh, what 40 gig on it free still, and, and and it's got a lot of stuff on it. <laughs> I mean, I've got multiple pages of apps, and um, it makes me wonder why we need 256, uh, 256, 512 terabyte. Uh, unless you're doing something specific that generates large files, I suppose if you're doing video on it, I mean, if you um, if you you're might need a, that amount of space. Yeah, I mean, if you if you do a lot of photography or you take videos, um, but you know, I'm looking at mine. I've only got 64 gig, and mine says um, 58 out of 64 gig used. And a lot of that is other, which means if I was to uh, do the, you know, clearing out the some t- of my old... Yeah, the tidy up. A bit of a tidy up. In fact, most of the space taken on my phone is other, which probably means if I went through my emails and archived a load or just binned stuff that's more than a year old, then um, <laughs> I'd probably barely get uh, 32 gig, to be honest. So there's Apple did this thing, didn't they, which was very... I thought was a little bit underhand where they where they went okay we'll up the base storage but then so they went like uh 32128 yeah that's right they skipped over one didn't they or yeah. or you know it would be um 64 or 256 because my previous phone was a 128 uh, the phone I had before. Yeah, one. I know what you mean. So effectively, what they've done is they've looked and they've said, "Well, the vast majority of our people are managing easily on 64. So if we, if we want them to spend a little bit more money, we we need to go to 128 for them and skip the 64 one. It yeah. does sound a bit underhand. Well, <laughs> my, my my previous yeah. phone, iPhone Seven Plus, was a one two eight uh, gigabyte one, um, and I never felt that. I went down to 64 gig with my current iPhone, the XR, 10 Yeah, exactly the same um, as me, Jim, because I had... I think, 
Yeah, I think about 30, 30 gigabytes have used up out of 64. Because they basically took away, I think they yeah. took away the 128 option. Mm-hmm. And I was loath to go down from 128 because, you know, you think, oh, how will I cope? But then I looked yeah. at my phone and realised I'd got 128 gig of storage on that iPhone. And I was using about 36 gig. <laughs> and it was like, <laughs> actually, you yeah. know, really? If you're a keen photographer, fine, I think. Um, oh, uh, uh, more, more to the point would be if you're a keen uh, videographer. Uh, yeah, doing a lot of 4K, then yeah, you need the storage for that. But but not but not only yeah, that's true. Except mm. that um, unless you need to have the full images with you all the while, particularly mm. photos, you can offload them. So I mean, my my um, I've got quite a large photo library, but it sits on my Mac, and um, I've only got the reduced versions on my iPhone because yeah. that's all I need on my iPhone. So you you don't necessarily even have to take up much space if you're a photographer. The biggest problem I have is I did a video. Um, it was either yesterday, or the day before. Um, it was a kind of review of a couple of things I bought, and I've recorded it on the iPhone at 4K. Uh, oh. I'm still waiting, still waiting on it appearing in photos, let alone on my iPad. Oh right, okay, it's, so it could be quite big. It's just be big. To I mean, um, you sent me that video you'd made um, either of your. It might have been the mic or it might have been your um, <clears throat> camera grip. Mm-hmm. Um, and you sent them to me and I wanted to put them on the website. And mm-hmm. uh, I had to run them through uh, VLC to downgrade them because they came in at about <laughs> 300 meg, I think. Oh, gosh. And um, the website won't let them be any bigger than 64 meg, I think. Yeah, that's a problem I've been having up- uploading me short videos. Uh, to share with my sister, and um, I couldn't get it. It was like 120 meg, and quite a few of the, the upload apps just wouldn't, uh, no, sites just wouldn't let me. Yeah, I ended up having to use iCloud. Mm. We transfer should allow you to, to send files of up to two gig, I think. But mm. um, yeah, you know, the videos. What, what I did we, for the website was simply turn your. I turned the videos that you sent me, I turned them down to 1440, I think, and set the frame rate to 30 frames per second. You're probably running at 60 frames per second. Mm. I don't know. Anyway, yeah, it took some doing. So videos can spiral very large very quickly, especially if you use, you know, high quality for sure. There we go. Um, What else? Um, Apple have released iOS 13.6, as uh, we mentioned earlier, um, including apparently expanded local news coverage, which was trumpeted on several sites. Um, and Alistair has pointed out, oh dear, a few cities in the US, nothing at all for most of the rest of the world. Um, oh dear. <laughs> <laughs> so there we are. Yeah, uh, a lot of things that uh, get trumpeted, don't they, turn out to be US only. Um, <clears throat> yes. Uh, there we are. Um, what else have we got of any mention? Um, I um iOS thirteen point five whatever it was has uh stopped being signed by Apple. So if you go uh onto um the thirteen point six update, you can't go back. Not that I could see any reason you'd want to go back. To be honest, um, thirteen point six had 
quite a lot of fixes in it. Um, there we are. Uh, and what else? Uh, Apple News, not much else. Uh, I've got a, an article here from iMore, which I thought was worth a read. I'll just mention that. It's called, The Mac is Moving to Apple, Apple Silicon, Not to Arm. Um, and that kind of explains the sort of things that we've been talking about um, in the Slack room and on here. Um, the title is a little... Um, misleading but it's a good article it's quite long but it's worth worth a read if you're interested in um how apple silicon is not arm quote unquote even though it's built on the arm instruction set and um licensed but uh i'm a little puzzled if it's based on arm and it's not arm how could it be not arm well it's <laughs> it, it is quite yeah. involved, and Alistair explained it to some extent. You can, you can, obviously, ARM don't manufacture anything. They simply yeah. design yeah. the cores and the technology. And uh, AR, ARM, as it was previously, which once upon a time was uh, Acorn Risk Machines, and I think became Advanced Risk Machines, and then ARM, mm. and now ARM. Um, but you can buy effectively two sorts of licenses, apparently. There's the kind of basic, we want to license your cause. So you license whatever uh, cause running the uh, design by ARM. And then you go away and manufacture them and stick whatever combination right. you want in your chip, which is where things like the uh, Snapdragon and so on come from. Um, or you can buy simply a license to use their technology which allows you to take that technology and go away and build whatever you like um on right. top of it okay which is effectively so, what what apple are doing which is is why they're basically why they're using the name apple silicon because it's 99 percent designed by their silicon team which they spent so several be, years building up yeah so basically what they're doing is they're using arm as the foundation and they're building on top of it yes basically mm. Yeah, it's a, it's a little it's a little bit like um it's a little bit like arm um arm invented the uh the uh, words for the language mm -hmm. yeah so if you can imagine we've got you've got the language uh, which is machine code and arm built um, words that you could use and Apple are using the words to, <laughs> to power yeah. their uh, yeah their like, sentences <laughs> exactly it, it's. Which is why I thought this was a good article. Actually, it explains in fairly layman terms how what Apple have done and how it relates to a standard, you know, ARM chip. The way that they obviously the they built all those things, like the neural engine and the a whole load yeah, of other the things. The important thing about ARM, of course, is it, it's low power, uh, and um, and that's why it's been so popular in in mobile devices. Yes, um, also, uh, and, of and that all the way through because it's a it's a, it's a um, it's not a what? What are the instruction sets called? Well, it's, it's yes, it's RISC, which it's is a reduced RISC. instruction set computing. Which so is, you use lots of little instructions, which mean that you're not overheating the silicon to do it. Well, you some, do lots of little things. Somebody explained it to me once, um, and I'm not saying that this is you know a hundred percent gospel how it works, but the idea was what they said. Imagine if you. Uh, if you wanted to reduce the instruction set in mathematics, you could take away multiply and simply do add repeated number of times. That's yes. what reduced instruction set computing does. It takes away more complex instructions and replaces them with 
simpler instructions which have to be performed multiple times if necessary. And more clever things than that, obviously, way, way above oh, yeah. my year. But that's that's the that's the core principle is to reduce the number of instructions required. Does Apple have their own foundries to make these chips or are they are they made elsewhere? Well, I can't they, remember Apple bought the foundry or not. Apple have their chips made, I believe, by uh, TSMC, which is the Taiwanese Semiconductor Manufacturing Company. Um, yes. And Apple, they may have some other fabs as well, mm. but Apple don't actually own any fabs. However, they did put a lot of money into the fabs they use to help them tool right. up to make the chips they want. So, yeah, they don't own any fabs, but they have poured large amounts of investment oh. into the companies they want to make their fabs. So they. I'm kind of surprised Apple hasn't bought a, a fabrication company. Probably not worthwhile, you know. Why, why? Yeah, they probably just don't see it as part of their. Uh, they don't want to own the whole thing from end to end. I mean, the fact is, the more you look at it, that you realise just how complex the whole thing is. So, I mean, their mm. supply chain is incredibly complex, and there are so many working bits to it. Um, it it, it just, just makes you uh, makes <laughs> you amazed how um, how they can release stuff. That's amazing it's how any of it works, numbers. really, isn't it? Yeah, well, yeah, because it is. It is incredibly complicated, and it does rely on an awful lot of um, eastern companies, really. Yes, an awful um, lot of it does. And sort of related to that, actually, is another story on Cult of Mac, uh, which is related to the fact that I haven't put a link to this, but it's SoftBank who own ARM um, are saying that they want to hive it off again. Whether they're going to sell it or, you know, do a, an IPO um, to make it into a public company or what, nobody knows. But uh, apparently Apple held early conversations about buying ARM, but ultimately declined, according to the cult of Mac. And that you can find that other places on the web as well. Uh, seems that, you know, Apple decided they didn't really want to buy arm and i suppose to some extent i can see that let arm do what they do because they're only buying a small piece of arms technology and then using it to build their own stuff you know it's got an interesting sentence in there which i didn't know it said when steve jobs returned to apple in the late 90s he sold a large share of apple's arms holdings mm. yes because at one point this, apple, this, uh, yeah, when, apple acorn, were almost... when acorn went and... under i think Apple bought quite a lot of Acorn slash what became ARM shares. Oh, yes, I think they did. Yes, I think you're right. Um, to keep mm. it going because, you know, I was always surprised that Apple never bought Acorn, to be honest, when they, you know, or Commodore when they... Uh... I suppose they were all already set on the, the Mac route by that time, weren't they? I, I think um, it's possible that also at that period... Apple was not the juggernaut it is now, and maybe they felt that would be a distraction. But there we go. Yes, oh. possibly. They, 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 they did buy a, com a company, and that was next. That's yes, that's true. That's true. Yeah. Well, yeah, they bought a computer company. Or um, as some of the next people have it, actually, we did a reverse takeover of Apple. Mm. We got them to pay us money to sneak in the back door and take them over, but. Uh, that's a whole. Uh... Uh, have I ever told you? Have I ever told you the Lewis's story? I don't think so. 
No, there's a, there's a very, uh, it always makes me think of it when you're talking about companies taking over other companies. There's an anecdotal story. Uh, so there's a big, uh, there used to be a big um, uh, superstore in um, in the Birmingham city centre called Lewis's. And um, right next door to it was, um, so they took up this huge site, but right on the end of the site, I mean, literally the ring road went round it. So it was right at the end of the site was a small meeting house uh, of the Quakers. And um, so Lewis's were expanding, um, getting bigger and bigger, taking over more and more of the, that sm small area of Birmingham. And um, apparently they uh, approached um, the Quakers um, saying, um, you know, we'd really like to expand and, and you, you're, you've got some land right next to ours, adjacent to ours. And if ever you're interested in selling it, then, then please, please speak to us because we'd be very um, interested in it. Uh, and apparently they got a very nice letter back from the Quakers saying, thank you very much for your offer. Very kind. Um, how, however, we have no intention of selling at the moment. Um, but if you ever think of selling Lew the Lewis's land, then we might be interested in it. <laughs> and it was signed by it was signed by Sir George Cadbury, <laughs> which I thought was a nice, nice little story. A nice story, very good. Yeah, if you uh, you know, if we want to expand our meeting rooms, we'd be happy to make you an offer. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Oh dear. No, I was just going to say uh, I heard that you were expanding like, uh, into broadcasting. <laughs> indeed well uh, you, you know that i've been doing um uh youtube stuff for uh for church um uh, and um i was talking to a minister last week and uh, he says that he'd like to continue doing it once we're actually back in our churches and um so i've been looking around for all sorts of things um and uh, i stumbled across uh ptz cameras so these are uh, ptz stands for pan tilt and zoom and they're basically were originally from security cameras, uh, but you can actually buy ones for podcasting and for um, uh, this this that kind of thing. Uh, and if you can imagine that that they're um, they've got like two stands either side with the camera sitting in the middle, um, so so it can it can well pan tilt and zoom, and it it all works remotely. So I've been having a look around. I mean, there's a, a company called PTZ Optics that do them. They're, they're quite expensive. But I managed to find uh, a company in Shenzhen um, that do um, – they're called Minray, M-I-N-R-R-A-Y. And they do something very similar for substantially less. Um, still quite expensive, probably talking about £1,000. But um, they're cool cameras. And you, they're basically uh, – they've got a 20 times zoom on the, on the lens, a proper zoom. This is the digital zoom. Um, and they powered over Ethernet. So if you've got a, a, a power over Ethernet switch, you can power it just with one lead, uh, the, the Ethernet cable. Um, and it also uses NDI, which is something else I've been playing with recently, which I think is network device interface. I might have got that wrong. Anyway, it's... Right, um, yes. Uh, basically, it's using the network to send your video over. It's compressed, but it's sent, uh, sent over Ethernet. And um, yeah, it look it looks pretty cool actually. And uh, what's no nicest about it is not only you, you can you remote control it, but you can have presets for it. I mean, you can actually buy tons of stuff, just like you can for anything. You can buy controllers and all sorts of things. But 
at its simplest, you can actually set presets. So you can sort of, so, so for our church, for instance, we, I could have the whole width of the of the front of the church, and then I could have it zoomed to just the, the um, communion table area, or I could have it zoomed to a pulpit, or zoomed to the the other pulpit, um, or point at the congregation generally, and you can do all those sort of things, and then literally you just press a button, it just does it. Um, Is it expensive or affordable? Well, so this one's around about it's nine hundred and fifty-five quid. So they're not. It's not. You know, it's not pennies, but it's uh, it's also not ridiculously expensive. I mean, I will say I know exactly what you're talking about because I one of the very few Internet of Things type devices I've ever uh, purchased was I bought uh, in effect um, a wireless pan tilt zoom webcam slash security cam you oh right okay you simply plug it you know you plug it into the mains and um it it connects to your wireless network and you can control it with an app on your phone and so you could you go to the app and connect to the camera and you can make it swivel it swivels about yeah 300 degrees i think so almost front to back um and it it will tilt and zoom um Obviously, not what, the, what you'd call broadcast quality. Its idea is that if you set that up in your living room and you're, you know, away from home, you could connect yes. across the web. Well, apparently this will to... this will do this will do 1080p. So I think that's more than adequate for what we want to use it for. Uh, most most stuff um, that's um, for YouTube and for um, particularly for Facebook, it's 720p anyway. Um, 720p is maximum for Facebook. You can do more on the, but you need a pretty powerful machine to do 1080p anyway. Yeah. Um, uh, and, and is this live recording or is this a, well, a, a bit of both? A bit of both. So you, you, you can you can use it to record, but you can also use it for streaming live. Uh, yeah. And one of the things I really liked about it, and I'm not sure whether it's possible with the camera I've bought, but I'm sure there's a way of doing it, is you can actually put it into OBS. So you know I've been using OBS. So you can actually have a scene which calls a camera preset. Nice. So so you might have a scene that is, you know, pulpit one. Uh, and whenever you select that scene, it will zoom into that pulpit within uh, OBS. So that's pretty cool. Yes, yeah. if you were using one camera. You don't have to buy multiple cameras. So it's got to be good. <laughs> I was going to say, if you're really using one camera, uh, there'll be an awful lot of swirling around uh, to and from each view, or, or do you can you cut and put you know, cut into? Well, uh, yeah, yes, I, I'm sure there's a way of 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 of, of fading to black and then going to the next image so that you're not it's not as yeah. you say jumping around all the while. Yeah. So yeah, I'll let you know how it goes when it that comes. Would, that would be interesting because with OBS, effectively, I would think you could probably set up your you know your pan tilt zoom camera and perhaps have another main camera for example you know focused yeah, on you a, could. And, and cut from one to the other you know yes easily so so yeah lots of possibilities there and the, the, the thing i thought about it most was that uh, if we our church is quite a it's not a traditional church it's a modern building but it's still a decent size um so you need something that rather than having three or four cameras dotted about where people can knock them over we could have the camera at the back of the church uh, on the balcony. We've got a balcony at the back of the church, and uh, and just zoom in as you need to, as it were. So mm. I will let you know how it goes at some point. Yeah, and, and, can, and can you use that as a security camera as well? Or is it just purely for broadcasting? Uh, it's no, it's well, 
presumably you could set it up that way, but it, no, these are actually designed specifically for. Mm-hmm. Actually, okay. I mean, when you look at, when you look mm-hmm. around, a number of churches use them, so mm-hmm. um, it seems it seems to be something. Uh, it's fairly new, I think, and, and all the NDI stuff is all fairly new. So NDI was actually invented by a company called New Tech, um, and they gave basically gave away the the uh, software technology for free, which was oh. uh, very good of them. There's actually a uh, a a twit uh, episode with the guy with the CEO from um, New Tech talking about it. So uh, um, uh, shall I put a? I'll, I'll try and find it and put a link if, in yeah, the. Yeah, um, if you if you've got a link to that, we'll we'll put that in the show notes, Nick. Yeah, because he because he talks about it and, and explains exactly what the, what the company's ethos is and all that sort of stuff. So how do you actually control it? So you either within software mm-hmm. or you can use a, um, a a a controller which uses serial actually a serial port uh, on the back of it. Um, you can even uh, although I, I'd say I don't think I could do this with the camera I've bought, but with the PTZ Optics ones, they've actually found a way of using an Xbox controller with it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So literally, you could use an Xbox controller to uh, to move it around. Well, so uh, it sounds pretty versatile, and as I say, it's all powered over Ethernet. So all the data and power goes all over Ethernet. So it's very simple to set up. Do you feed out via Zoom, or do you use uh, a lot of potentially? Potentially, you. Uh, you could use it for Zoom, yeah, mm. I suppose. It's a little bit of overkill for Zoom. but mm. how, how do you feed it out to your congregation? Uh, that would go out through... Uh, oh, to the congregation? Yeah. Uh, well, potentially, we could display what we're outputting to um, to the internet on our TVs in the church. So mm. potentially, we could show them that. I've, I haven't really thought that much through yet. It's... Uh, mm. There's so many things, so many balls to keep up in the air that I'm, yeah, I'm yeah. doing it a bit at a time. <laughs> One thing at a time. One thing yes. at a time. So so do you basically record your services then, Nick, and then put them out on, say, YouTube or something? Or, or do you stream them no, live? We haven't, yeah, we haven't been doing any of that. So, But since lockdown, we've been streaming them live. Some of it's been recorded and some of it's live, but we actually put it out live, as it were. Um so we have been doing some live stuff, yeah, and I think that's what uh, Malcolm wants to continue to do once we're uh, once we're back in the building. Excellent, excellent. I'll tell you what, uh, shall we have a short break to get a cup of tea uh, while we go over to John in his hardware store where he has a rather interesting chi uh, charger to tell us all about. So uh, let's go over to John and we'll get a cup of tea and be back shortly. Here's an idea that everybody who listens to the Essential Apple Podcast and Nemo's Hardware Store will want to consider. The company is called OFG Products. That's O-F-G-P-R-O-D-U-C-T-S. OFGproducts.com. It's called the Long Ranger Wireless Charger. Not the Lone Ranger. This is the Long Ranger, L-O-N-G-R-A-N-G-E-R. Long Ranger Wireless Charger, costs $65 in the U.S., and we'll find out the shipping and pricing for international listeners and purchasers as soon as we can get that information from OFG Products. It has three pieces, a bottom unit that goes underneath a wooden or glass table, any table that's not metal, any counter, 
any surface, any dresser, any nightstand, underneath the upper part, and it has to be nine-sixteenths of an inch thick. I'll get to the metric on that in a moment. So you can either screw it or tape it to the underside of your table or desk or whatever you want to use. Then there's an upper part that goes above it on the top surface of the table or the desk or the dresser or wherever you happen to be. Then there's a power cable. That's it. Three pieces. It has a gimmick. The gimmick is power comes from the wall, from the AC outlet, to the charging unit mounted underneath your table. And then the very slim piece that goes above the table is aligned using a special digital tool. So the alignment is perfect and it sits on top above it, separated by this inch or so of wood, whatever your surface is that's not metal. And then you just set your iPhone 10 or whatever your 11, 12, whatever you've got, the X, the R, the SE, anything that has Qi or Qi charging, you just set it on there and that's it. There is no step two. Once this is installed in a place that you're going to use frequently, like your nightstand, you just put your phone on there and it charges. Bingo! No moving parts, nothing to wear out, never runs out of style, never is out of season. It just works. And the people at OFG Products have a single product, the Long Ranger Wireless Charger, and they are off to a good start. The Long Ranger definitely rides again. Comes with a couple of different printout instructions, and then there's also some information through a QR code where you can see a helpful video that describes what I just talked about, and that is a really nice gift for someone who always wants to put their phone to charge in one spot, but that charging location is annoying and it's always getting in the way. This will never get in the way because the piece that's on top is flat, doesn't take up any space. The thickness of the wood, or whatever your surface is, most likely wood, that's 9 sixteenths of an inch at the minimum to 1 and 9 sixteenths inch at the maximum. And they describe the counter thickness, the distance between the charger and the antenna, which is the flat upper part, should be no less than 15 millimeters and no greater than 40 millimeters. The charger will not work with distances less than 9 sixteenths of an inch. So if you have a really thin upper surface, put it someplace else. Well, I want to thank OFG Products for sending us the Long Ranger Charger for our testing and evaluation. And we'll have more to report on this after I find the optimum spot in my studio or office or classroom to put it. So that's it for this episode of Nemo's Hardware Store. Thanks for listening. We'll be back next week with more innovative and excellent technology. Thank you, John, and uh, a link to that will be in the show notes. And um, if the uh, manufacturer is able to get back to me in time with international shipping information, that will also be in the notes. Uh, if not, I'll update you in a later show. Um, so we're going to move on a little bit. One thing we didn't mention, by the way, um, Apple has fixed the USB 2.0 connection bug in Catalina, but apparently this fix has not yet made it into Big Sur. Now, um, that may have been written before the developer uh, Beta 3 was released, so I, I don't know if that's still true, but um, just thought I'd mention that. Um, Apple has pledged to be carbon neutral uh, both itself and its supply chain by 2030, 
which is uh, a good thing, of course. Um, link to so that carbon, story, neutral. So they, carbon, yeah. So that's that's their offsetting their carbon usage. Yes, right? and by and by obviously using more solar power, wind power, because um, they already have big yep. solar uh, arrays, don't they, in America and I believe in parts of China. Um, that's right, but it's different to carbon zero, isn't it? So carbon zero is where you're not actually creating any, you're not burning anything effectively. Yes. Um, whereas carbon neutral means that you may be, still be burning some things, but you're doing your best not to. Yes, um, <laughs> and and if necessary, offsetting it by planting trees and and so on. The the main point of this is is not so much that uh, Apple have pledged to do it because plenty of people have pledged to do such things um but that they've set the timeline for only 2030 which is i yeah. think 20 years ahead of the international agreed plan for everybody so you know yeah good on them um and i think if you follow the link to the bbc uh that's in the show notes there's also mention that they are building a robot named dave whose job is to recover even more parts of uh, recycled eye devices. Uh, apparently, Dave is particularly designed to take apart the taptic engines from iPhones and uh, watches and so on to recover the rare earth magnets and various other components from inside the tiny little taptic vibrating motor. Will we end up with um, robot wars, do you think? between dave and what was the other one called daisy the other one is called daisy daisy apparently oh, daisy. disassembles daisy disassembles them and there was another one oh, as right. well i think which might have been called kevin or something but anyway be that as it may yeah. they have various robots which are <laughs> designed to strip apart iphones um and dave is even more specialist um slack Slack have accused Microsoft of illegally crushing competition. Um, this is the New York Times link. Um, as I understand it, Slack are saying that Microsoft are reverting to bad habits, uh, you know, referring back, I believe, to the Internet Explorer uh, era and saying that uh, Microsoft are, in effect, um, bundling their Teams um, product um into office i believe office 365 um and yeah. they they are saying um that um this should not be allowed effectively and as we were talking in the uh, in the break nick as you said these things are incredibly difficult to um to prove um yeah i mean if you've i don't know whether you ever used teams but i have a little and um the, the whole of the office suite now because that's the office suite is more than just the Excel word and it now includes teams and all the other little bits and pieces that, um, that Microsoft have added in to that, um, suite of, uh, of tools now, uh, but they are very interoperative. They, they, they do sort of rely on each other and they are quite entangled. It seems once you're in there, they want you to stay in there, which is, you know, as I was saying during the break, I think I sort of have some sympathies with it. if you've got if you've got tools that work well together. Why would you not want people to stay using them? But I, but at the same time, I can understand Slack saying, "Well, hold on a minute." As does something very similar to that. Why shouldn't we have the same interoperability with your tools as you do? Am I right to say that Teams is more like Zoom rather than Slack? No, uh, no, no, Teams. No. Teams is 
Teams is has a chat element. Oh, uh, 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 it also has um, a, a, gr- a groups element. So that's what Teams is is about. Uh, you can share documents and images oh, and video and all sorts of stuff. Well, they basically so, took um, they took Skype, didn't they? Then they built Skype yes. for business, which I think would had additional features. And then they rebranded it as Teams. Um, and yes, basically, it, basically, they brought in if if you can imagine all the things that you need to do communicating with one another without email. That's what they brought into that tool. Yeah. So effect, effectively, you can communicate with others. You can send them messages. You, you can chat. Um, you can have threaded conversations just like email. Um, so, so, yeah, I mean, it, it, it is quite – I mean, it's a clever, a clever system. I can see why Slack's uh, not happier then. Um, yes, because it really does hold you inside yeah. of Office effectively. But yeah. – I think unless you can prove that Microsoft have done something with Teams which makes it difficult to use a product like Slack or Igloo or one of the other, um, you know, uh, enterprise collaboration chat room uh, yeah, so for, type for products. Say, say they make it so that um, uh, for some reason you can't copy and paste from Slack into, I mean, I know that's a silly example, but but if they did something like that, then you could justify saying, "Oh, hold on a minute, that's yeah. not that's anti-competitive." I, I and, mean, the the whole thing was with the Internet Explorer thing, which is wh- what these people constantly hark back to, because Microsoft did get slapped down for the way that they'd tied Internet Explorer into Windows. Um, yeah, at the time, and that was deemed to be anti-competitive because they'd made it such that the file explorer relied to a large extent on internet explorer so you could not simply yes. remove that internet explorer most interchangeable weren't they um and and you, you couldn't remove internet explorer and say oh, well we'll use opera or or whatever yeah um and that is why they were forced to pull internet explorer out and make it a standalone browser and not tie it to the OS specifically. But Office is not... Office is Office. It's a product you choose to use. You don't have to use Office. You're quite... Yeah, that's true. Yes, it's not like you get Office as part of something else. You don't... True. You know, unless they started bundling the whole thing together in some way and tying it to the OS, I don't see that you're going to... I don't know. I mean, these things are complicated, as we said. They are. It it does it. I must admit, it does smack of um, once you're actually in it. It's actually sort of, in some ways, quite difficult to get it out. Mm. So, once you're in, once you've all decided, your company's decided to use those tools, um, they're not likely to use Slack because there's your duplicating effort and but, your. Um, I don't. But they, as you say, they have made a choice to use that. You so. have chosen, you know, a company makes a choice to choose to use the Microsoft Office suite of products. I suppose and you d- could don't say think you're compelled to do that. You could you could standardize no, on LibreOffice and Slack, or I suppose you could say that just because you use Excel, Word, and PowerPoint doesn't mean that you should have to use Teams. And but I'm not sure that you do have to. No, I don't think you do. Uh, you're quite at so, liberty, I think, to use. Um, I'm not sure if you can buy. Uh, well, I'm pretty sure you so can buy some of those products to know. separately. It would be interesting to know if Slack 
what, what exactly what areas Slack are complaining about? Because you know, if all they're saying is Microsoft is putting Teams into Office and not selling it purely as a standalone product, um, that just smacks of sour grapes. I'll be honest. Um, oh, oh that that is what they're saying. Sorry, I've just read one of the paragraphs in the article. It says Slack claims that Microsoft has illegally tied its collaboration software, Microsoft Teams, to its dominant suite of productivity programs. Okay, which I suppose does have some um, parallels with the mm. uh, the you know the um, Internet Explorer. Uh, I mean, it would take as I say, really hard to really hard to prove. It's going to be really, really difficult to prove. You're going to have to prove that they have done something you know really quite anti-competitive. I would because I don't see any reason if you want to use Slack, there's nothing stopping you from using Slack as well as Office and choosing not to use Teams. I don't see... It's not like, it's, it's not like Microsoft are the only ones. I mean, a, a paragraph a little bit further down says, federal and state regulators in the United States are investigating whether the other tech giants have broken antitrust laws. On Monday, the chief executives of Apple, Amazon, Alphabet, which owns Google and Facebook, will testify before Congress, which is also looking into them. So uh, <laughs> it seems that everyone is uh, included in this. Anti-competitive is a, quite difficult to prove, but if it is found to be true, can be quite devastating because the um, the penalties can be quite harsh. You know, um, I, I don't know. I really don't know. I don't know enough about this. I guess you'd have to know more about what Slack are alleging Microsoft have done. Yes. You know, I mean, you'd have to know much more about the the internal workings of the whole um, edifice to decide whether or not they've done something that in some way hinders the use of Slack or Igloo or any one of them. I think so. Uh, I think so. I I mean, Slack just saying... Microsoft, you've been naughty boys, isn't actually going to cut it, is it? <laughs> unless, I, unless I've been sleeping under a rock for some some time now, uh, I can't understand why Slack's uh, going after Apple, because Apple doesn't have a Slack app. No, it doesn't actually say it's going after Apple. It says that... Um, uh, no, that's the government, the, isn't it? The, 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 um... yeah, the government oh, right. are, okay. the, yeah, the government are actually after all all of the big tech companies for oh, right. okay. well they're not actually after them so much as well i guess they might be to some extent but they're having this hearing where aren't they where they're going to quiz amazon alphabet apple right. and facebook okay. somehow yes. or other microsoft seemed to have dodged that one yeah <laughs> interestingly <laughs> apparently they're no longer considered a big enough tech giant to be worthy of uh <laughs> being grilled by the uh you know by the u.s government anyway um if you go between both both uh things slack and t- um is it teams or was it yeah teams, teams yeah, yeah. Uh, you, you said you've used them both now yeah yes i mean I in all honesty i don't know much about slack i mean we, we use it here for um mm. you know for chatting but i know it does an awful lot more than that teams is very much a uh, uh, a sort of central um, sharing technology within Office now, um, so sharing chats, sharing photos, sharing videos. Um, so is, is it more closed down than Slack? Or? Uh, 
I say it's hard for me to compare them because mm, I don't good. know all the things that Slack does. Slack mm. can um, do a vast number of things. Also, not only do we only use a fraction of the things it's capable of doing because obviously our Slack room is really no more than a kind of privatised Twitter kind of it's a, for, it's a forum, effectively, isn't it? Yes. yes. Um, and it's we forum use, for discussion. Yeah. We use it simply mostly for chatting. Um, and but apparently you can write Slack apps and all sorts of oh, things. Oh, yeah. I mean, you can you can integrate a whole load of apps. I mean, we've got mm. a couple of very tiny ones integrated into our Slack room. Like we have um, we have a, a poll, a little poll making uh, app called Polly and. Um, but you can, I think you can the, integrate. I think the whole, whole point of, of I think the whole point of Teams and that suite of software is is to br- try and bring try and bring everyone together using the same platform. It's more integrated for everything. For everything. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. right. So so it, it, it is possible to um, yeah. set set up wikis and all sorts of things, and and you can plug it into um, SharePoint as well. Mm. So, so it doesn't have. Slack doesn't have the integration like Microsoft. Um, Not that I'm aware of, but it but it might have. <laughs> it could have because we don't. I'd say we we don't we don't use it. But I mean, I think the only app I've got integrated yeah, is, is the is the little sort of polling app. But I mean, hmm. um, you can integrate Google Drive, Dropbox, uh, hmm. Twitter, Google Calendar, Zoom, Outlook Calendar. Uh, Trello, which I believe is some sort of um, project management app. It is Microsoft obvious. OneDrive, yeah. Dropbox, Gmail. Um... Yeah, so actually, that's quite a lot. Quite a lot of those are Microsoft. I mean, yes. mm-hmm. OneDrive is Microsoft, isn't it? Uh, Go to so, meeting. Uh... See, so they, they've got a whole. These can be integrated. So if you if you want um, some of these things, I think you have to have the paid level for, for example. But you can integrate GoToMeeting so that you could paste a GoToMeeting link in uh, within your Slack, and people would be able to then join this meeting. You know, or Zoom. Right. They've got Zoom um, and various. Of course, other Skype is also Skype is also part of the Office Suite. So yeah, Microsoft. You can see how, if that's the case, you can see how that they're actually fairly similar to one another, aren't they? They are mm. very, very, very similar. Um, and because they're attacking the same, you know, the same it's, market. But let's let's do everything for you all together in one place, market. Mm. <laughs> yeah. And I, I'm not against integration on on that point. I don't, you know, unless Microsoft are doing something very unpleasant, I don't see why they shouldn't be allowed to do that. In, in a way, I mean, you're only going back to the, you know, you're going back to Claris Works, really. Yeah. Where you have one program, but it does all the different things. Yeah, yeah you know, Claris works. Yeah, be interesting to see how this all pans out, though. Yeah, we will. Very interesting yeah. to see how it all pans out. Um, I, I, I have a feeling it will be like the um, Internet Explorer one. It will go on for many years. Oh, and, it and will look, drag look. on for years. And probably by yeah. the time they come to a decision, it will all be irrelevant because one... <laughs> Yes, you know the tech world moves at enough speed that one or other will have become dominant, regardless. And yeah. you know, if if Microsoft becomes dominant in enterprise, Slack will have to you know pitch their market to small to medium businesses or um, you know other other areas, um, or you know attack 
parts of the market who don't wish to be tied to Microsoft. It's just mm. <laughs> that strikes me as just business. That's that's how capitalism works, you know. <laughs> yes. Yeah. It's, it's a bit of a David uh, versus the Goliath uh, kind of story. Mm, I'm not sure how. I, I'm, I'm. I don't think Slack are exactly what you call a small company. Um, mm. But there we They're are. Not as big as Microsoft, I don't think. No, I don't think they no. are. No, no, no. Mm-hmm. Um. What else have we got? A uh, couple that might be of some interest. Uh, according to TechCrunch, Spotify launches video podcasts worldwide, starting with select uh, creators. Um, I don't really have a lot to say about this, to be honest. Um, this is part of Spotify's plan to, you know, corral yeah. a certain amount of quote unquote I just podcast. Think a, just think it's a bad idea. Yes. Um, personally if you start uh, siloing it it, 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 it's not it takes away i mean uh, we were talking about the number of listeners that listen in to this program and 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 it's a fairly small number in in the grand scheme of um, internet um but um but if if certain ones get behind paywalls and things i I don't know i just see i just think that's a little unfair at the moment we uh, at the moment most youtubers for instance um will rely on patreon They've just started something called Patreon um, YouTube's uh, membership, which I've not come across before, but that's something fairly new, which is another way of paying, I think, for your content. Hmm. Um, so um, in, uh, voluntarily paying for your content in, in a little bit like Patreon. Um, so a lot of the funding and everything for those comes from that and from monetization of YouTube. Um I'm not sure taking it somewhere else and putting it behind something else where people have to pay a monthly amount is a good direction for podcasts to take. Well, personally, I, I'm, it again. It's one of those things. If that's what you want to do, um, obviously they're talking here about having video podcasts featuring celebrities and footballers and, and yeah. to some extent, is a video podcast really a podcast and to a lot of people, if it's not freely available over RSS, it's not strictly speaking a podcast anyway. Um, True. You can argue the technicalities of that all you like, but Spotify are attempting to cash in to some extent on the popularity of podcasting by um, corralling what they believe will be monetizable podcasts or video shows uh, behind their you know, brand. Um Influencers, I think they're called, aren't they? Do you get the feeling maybe um, Spotify is trying to do a YouTube? Uh, yes, to some extent, yes, quite possibly. I don't it does think... sound a bit like that, doesn't it? But YouTube I mean... is, is, is a wild kind of place, isn't it? I mean, if you go on YouTube, there's everything on there from, you know, professional, almost professional level shows covering yes. anything you want down yes, to so that absolute... Is more home produced gump you know look at me dancing or so I suppose playing doing the piano more, very badly they're doing a, a more of an apple tv then in that case are they a tv I, plus yes actually i think possibly because they're kind of saying we're going to have you know professional level yeah cu- curated stuff yeah, yeah. so I hope, I hope in the long run they don't really uh, succeed with us I, I don't mean any harm to spotify but the other thing about podcasts is it's a, a free medium. Um, yeah, you can listen to it doing any kind of thing, you know, um, work, leisure, 
travel. Perhaps, their, perhaps um, their intention isn't to actually affect the vast majority of the podcast. Um, well, this is, not, this is not the first company's tried this to monetize. No, it isn't. It isn't. They obviously think there's some money in it. So yeah. <laughs> that's why they're going for it. Yeah. Well, even, even YouTube's free, most, mostly. So, yeah. 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 Don't know. Don't know. We will have to see. Um, it, as with all such things, in the end, the market will decide. And mm. um, Indeed it will. No. Oh, okay. Was it Quibi? Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, well, that was almost yeah. doomed. That was a very bizarre concept, and um, not only not only was it a bizarre concept to start with, they launched at the start of lockdown, which the mm-hmm. kind of smashed their whole concept to pieces, as far as I could tell. Um, there we are. Um, apparently, Plex is launching free live TV on iPhone, Apple TV, and web without a tuner or antenna. Uh, according to nine to five Mac and um but this... don't get too excited <laughs> no yeah I've had a look at the uh, the list of things that they're pulling on it I've hardly heard of any of them so no well they're probably almost all American I would guess uh oh they've got the Bob Ross channel people <laughs> painting Who's Bob Ross? hey Bob Ross is famous Who's Bob Ross? he did he does paintings this paint along oh, does with Bob, he? Bob oh, Ross. Right. Okay. I'll search him out oh, on right. YouTube. He, he's um, I think he's dead now. Um, he's very beloved of a lot of Americans. Um, oh right. He's a sort of teach teach teaches painting, and nearly all of his paintings seem to be mountainscapes and trees. And but he he paints very quickly. Um, oh right. Okay. It's it's yeah. um, it's quite relaxing to watch. Um, what does it say here? Uh, Plex, the popular streaming media platform for your favourite media, today announced a new way for consumers to watch free live TV with the addition of 80-plus channels of completely customisable live programming, most available worldwide, and more coming soon. Is Plex free? Uh, some of it is. It, is it? Some of it is. You can actually get a Plex pass, which costs money. And what does that give you? Uh, I don't know, because I've never... Mm seen the point <laughs> no i mean i know um i know a lot of a lot of people who are big on plex i think carl from the uh mac and forth show he's a big plex user i think um it's a way I know of... there are ch- there are channels in plex aren't there and i think some mm. of those are pay for but through through plex pass mm. so um so i don't, yeah don't know oh yeah. it's free though so yeah, uh, the company is making it easier than ever to watch pre-programmed live TV for free, ad-supported, uh, without the need for any additional hardware besides your Apple device. Might be of interest to some people. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't see much really. Yeah, you know, what I can read in this uh, article, I don't see much really that would um, catch my interest. Reuters TV, Yahoo, certainly not Yahoo. Taste I've made, whatever that is, IGN. Uh, I kind of know what that is. Football sports. Um, Kadoodle TV, Toon Googles. IGN. IGN is, I think, International Game Network. When I want to buy a game for my uh, PlayStation 4, um, Mm -hmm. which isn't very often, by the way, I whenever I you know I watch the trailers or whatever and have a look at it and think if it's a game I like, my first port of call is always the IGN review because um, I've seen some games and I thought oh I like the look of that I like the thing and you read the review and it's like yeah if you like walking backwards and forwards across the same map you know endlessly for every mission in the game 
then this is the game for you. It's like, that doesn't sound like something that intrigues me, you know. <laughs> they do very good, um, you know, they're very big in the gaming scene, I think, um, IGN. But I can't see anything <laughs> on here. Let's put it this way. I don't think there's anything wrong with what they're putting out. I just think mm, that it's yeah. not mainstream television. No. no. So <laughs> that's as simple as that. It's it, it, it's niche television, and uh, well, that's fine. It's good. It's better than nothing for free. Well, it's free. So if you, you know, if you have a uh, the correct setup and you can get it, I mean, why not? Why not? Um, and apparently, what they're saying here, Plex users have enjoyed using this service to ditch cable for years by picking up a compatible tuner and antenna and using it with their NIS. Um, now they're basically pre, pre-packaging stuff so that you don't have to have a tuner and antenna. Uh, there you go. Not not something of any great interest to uh, the three of us, by the sound of it, but, you know, that doesn't make it a bad thing. It's, uh... back, back in the day when I had my white uh, MacBook, uh, plastic one, um, I've got a TV tuner. I can't mind the brand of it now, but you, you had to basically pay for a year subscription to the... the um, Listings for the TV shows. Yeah, was it Elgato? Mm. They did a lot of TV. TV. Yeah, it might have been anyway. But never really get much use out of it. Eventually gave up on it. No. Current, um, the current TV, you know, current TV you've got just now is uh, full of channels, loads and loads of channels that you probably never will, you would watch. So I don't have a complex. No, there we go. Um, yeah. And this this one popped up. We were talking about it uh, before the show. BT and Talk Talk Internet Down. Um, and this came up in my newsfeed about five to ten minutes before we decided to record the show. Users unable to connect to broadband across the UK. Um, and uh, apparently a fire in Newcastle is probably to blame. Um, and has led to uh, big outages, or which may be fixed now, of course, I don't know, to BT and Talk Talk uh, in places like Newcastle, Glasgow, Sunderland, and uh, whatnot. So there you go. Not a lot to say about that apart from, uh, oh dear. Mm-hmm. I'm still looking in Plex, actually. <laughs> I've just launched Plex because I've got Plex set up and I can't see any live t- it says all over it live tv but i'm not it's not immediately obvious how, do you, how you get to it is it, is it is it worldwide or is it restricted to certain areas well i, I don't know well I don't it know. says it certainly said it's on it certainly said it's on, on when i opened it mm-hmm. um so i've got movies music tv shows oh, that's just looking at my library it's got web shows but that's not the same thing as live tv is it hmm I'm not quite sure where they've hidden it well, there's a link to a blog post in that. Um... So, what was that? What was that guy said? You, the painting guy again? Uh, Bob Ross. Bob Ross. Uh, that's podcasts. No, I'm not seeing it. Uh, maybe it's not available in the UK. Well, it did say mostly word. Uh... Oh, live TV. Sorry, I've found it. Loading channels. Oh, there, there it is. Watchmen and the cruelty of um, something. So let's see if that works. So this is IGN. Oh yeah. Yeah, that's working. Uh, go away. <laughs> <laughs> that's better. Yes, yes, that was working. So yeah, it's available. Hmm. Um, in fact, I've cool. just gone to uh, I've just gone to what is uh, plex.tv slash watch hyphen free hyphen TV, um, and it appears oh, that you can you watch free from your browser from there. By the look of it, yes, because because plex, yeah, you don't need. I, th- I don't think you need the. Um, to have an account as such. 
to watch their channels and that sort of stuff that, that that's not on you. So I've got my library in there as well um, of, of stuff that I've put, put in there. But um, you don't have to have that, I don't think, to, to use Plex. So that's good. Oh, just a, you know. A whole, a whole more, load of stuff, stuff you can to, look more, at. More stuff to waste your time on. <laughs> yeah, well, exactly. More stuff to waste your time on, exactly. Um, I think that's probably about it. Um, Apple is going to start sending out special devices to iPhone hackers. This is the ones we talked about. Um, I don't, Apple announced it about a year ago, I think, that they were going to um, allow, um, you know, security research oh yes that's right to yeah, have I I, iphones which are effectively um pre you know pre jail jailbroken for the purposes of allowing them to dig around so they can test the, it yeah, yeah dig around in the uh in the os itself um yeah i think that's about it um we've got a quick um worth a chirp for what it's worth Weihan's daughter has added another design to uh, her tangy tees t-shirt site that uh, Wei Han was talking about. There you go. There's a nice one called Citrus Summer by Tangy Tees has been added to the two designs she already had. And um, this has nothing to do with tech, really, other than it's another podcast. Ronnie Lutz, who's uh, been on this show, of course, and appears on various other podcasts, uh, has started a new uh, bi-weekly podcast called The Liner Project, which is about music and history and uh, album liner notes. Mm -hmm. So nothing to do to do with tech, really. But um, you can find him at uh, www.thelinerproject.com or, of course, you can search for The Liner Project in your podcatcher of choice. And so far, I believe there is one episode titled 000 Introduction. Uh-huh. I think that'll do, don't you, chaps? We've probably got bucket loads of audio so uh yeah i think until next week we'll call it a day so nick would you like mm -hmm. to do your thing and uh don't be afraid to push your church's um broadcasting oh right okay uh so you can find me occasionally on twitter that's uh, so spligosh s-p-l-i-g-o-s-h uh you occasionally hear me over on bart's show although i haven't been on recently but uh timetables haven't lined up but uh i enjoy being on that show too that's good uh and yeah if you want to um join in with worship at uh, uh it's not just our church at the moment it's the whole uh, circuit of churches which is about 13 churches uh we're putting out a service each week and if you just type sutton park circuit into youtube you'll be able to see some of the stuff we put out there. It's not incredibly professional, but, you know, we're doing our best, best in these lockdown times to put out something for people to uh, to join in with. Well, yeah, you can you can go there if you wish to join in with the worship, or you can go there if you just want to see some of Nick's uh, handiwork, I guess. Yeah, you might see me singing occasionally. Is that a good thing or a bad thing? I'm not sure. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure Nick's singing is very mellifluous. He's a trained musician, after all. I'm sure if he can play oh, the organ... Mellifluous. <laughs> if he can play the organ, I'm pretty sure he can probably hold a note. <laughs> right. <laughs> Let's see if we can find it, and we'll put a link in. I'll put a link to that in the show notes. Thank you. Jim, where can people find you? 
If I'm not lying in a drunken stupor somewhere, uh, you can find me in the Slack group. Uh, on Flickr is the SRPS Paint Shop. Um, on Vimeo, uh, see the link in the show notes for that. And uh, just to remind people that we, we have um, an Essential Apple Flickr group if you wish to look on that and send me a link, uh, a bell, I'll uh, let you join in. And uh, uh, something we were talking about before the show, I'd just like to assure everyone that translations are available. <laughs> I said transla- oh, translations are available, just so, just in case you didn't catch what Jim said. Is <laughs> that bad? No, of course it wasn't. No, not at all. We were talking about we were talking about understanding accents before the oh yes, show, so. we were indeed. Uh, and I told I told the guys a story about because, as you know, I live in Suffolk. Uh, many many years ago, uh, I was in a you know in a pub uh, near where I live, um, and the girl behind the bar was very Suffolk indeed. And uh, uh, a couple came in, and a slightly older couple who I guess were probably on their holidays, and uh, they were very very Geordie indeed. And uh, they couldn't understand a word she said, and she couldn't understand a word they said. So I had to step in as an intermediary and translate a pint of. You know, a pint of your best bitter and a Camparian soda, please, from uh, Geordie into Suffolk and back again. <laughs> <laughs> so, no, Jim's accent is really not very strong at all, I can assure you. There we are. I said when you talk to Siri and it doesn't understand you at all. Oh, well, that happens to all of us. <laughs> she doesn't like Brummies either. <laughs> she doesn't seem to like anybody very much. I think, uh, you know... As Weihan seems to have the best at speaking Cantonese. As I said, we should all learn Cantonese to see if uh, Siri works any better. There we are. <laughs> That's a good idea. Uh, I, of course, can be found on the Twitters as at Serenak, and that's S-E-R-E-N-A-K. Uh, there is an at Essential Apple Twitter uh, account as well, if you'd prefer to follow that and not see all my politics and family chitter-chatter and other nonsense. Um we have the Slack room, of course. Link in the show notes. Thank you to all the Slackers, uh, by the way, who, uh, you know, put in stories and uh, keep us all entertained during the week. Uh, John Nemo is in there. We're all in there. Various other people are in there. Um, it's not all about tech and uh, not all about tech and Apple and this show. There's been quite a lot of uh, debate raging in the COVID-19 channel. We talk about electric vehicles and all sorts of other things. Uh, so, you know, please do uh, consider joining our Slack and find out what we get up to. Um, what else? Uh, the stuff is on the Essential Apple website, of course, essentialapple.com. And uh, I think until next week, that will probably do us. So uh, we'll see you all again next week. Goodbye. Cheerio. Bye-bye. You've been listening to the Essential Apple podcast. And I'd like to say if you enjoy the show and would like to support us, feel free to go over to the website essentialapple.com and you will find links to both Patreon and the Pinecast Tips Jar where you can make a donation towards the costs of the show uh, or even if you're really keen, you could set up a recurring payment. And thank you very, very much to all the people who already do support us. We really do appreciate you very much indeed. 
This show is, of course, part of the My Mac Podcasting Network, where you can find a variety of other shows like the My Mac Podcast with Guy and Gaz, the G-Men, Tech Fan with Tim and David, the Nintendo Club Podcast, the Geekiest Show Ever, the Three Geeky Ladies, uh, Bart Shots and his wonderful Let's Talk Apple, and possibly some more that I've forgotten. So why not go over to mymac.com, take a look at the available podcast, and take a listen. Hello, I'm Guy. And I'm Gaz, from the mymac.com podcast. And we're here to tell you about a very serious condition plaguing Mac users everywhere. It's known as BPSI or boring podcast sleep induction. It can happen anytime, anywhere, while listening to dull podcasts and driving. You can prevent BPSI by subscribing to the MyMac.com podcast on iTunes. Our podcast is many things, <laughs> but never boring. Available without a doctor's prescription. The MyMac.com podcast is not responsible for loss of bodily functions while laughing. Side effects include blurred vision, nervous tics, trying not to smile, angry yelling when we say something wrong, and the inability to call our Skype number, which is 703-436-9501. Women trying to become pregnant should not be listening to the MyMac.com podcast, as it will take time away from having sex, which you normally need to do to become pregnant. So remember, listen to the MyMac.com podcast. Think of the children. Until then, goodbye. Yeah.